Hello, everyone. You are tuned in to CK Huddle, the podcast that unpacks and simplifies complex money, accounting, and tax topics that impact the bottom line. I'm Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and my co-host is Eric Pierre, CPA. We are practicing CPAs with a knack for translating tax and accounting topics into a language that is easily understood. This podcast is for everyone, working professionals, household managers, retirees, business owners, professional athletes, boomerangs, college students, and yes, you. It's time to increase your money management IQ, so let's huddle up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CPA Huddle. My name is Ignatius Jackson, CPA, and I have my wonderful co-host here. I'm Eric Pierre. Eric, Eric Pierre, CPA. Um, so thanks, oh, everybody, okay. for tuning in. <laughs> hey, hey, man, uh, today's all about you, because uh, recently, you know, our topic for today is about your recent article, you know, pop your collar. Mr. Man here was featured in an article on CNBC uh, done by Kate. Shout Dorr. out to Kate Door. Um, the article's entitled, Many Wealthy Americans Escape Big Income Tax Bills. Here's how they do it. So today we're going to talk about, you know, this and it also kind of gets into a little bit of the potential changes that they're trying to make with some of the tax laws. And, you know, I, I you have a lot of good quotes in here, but, you know, one of my favorite from this little article is, which is so very true, the tax law is not designed for the wage worker, said Ooh. Eric Pierre in Austin, Texas. I, said, I actually said that? Certified public accountant. Yes, you said it. It's in the article. It's in, it's in writing. It's in... You can't take it back. It's it's history. It's yeah. there. there, there I can't no believe change. I said something that profound <laughs> and yet inflammatory. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. You do that all the time. Stop your sarcasm. Anyway, <laughs> just just go look at this guy's tax Twitter feed and or, or not not tax Twitter, but just his Twitter feed in general. You'll see all the profound and yes rambunctious things that he has to say. Yes, I am very rambunctious and uh, loquacious. Absolutely. And loquacious. <laughs> so, but no, today's all, all about, you know, talking about, you know, in a way, in a sense, also kind of taking away some misconceptions as well. So, you know, when you read stuff like this, uh, you got to kind of keep in mind that the ways that they're doing this, right? And, and unfortunately, we don't have the actual tax returns to view so that we can actually analyze them and go into deep detail. So we're just basically going off of what was reported um, by ProPublica, I believe is the news outlet that somehow received a copy of these, um, which is also under investigation because of how it was released and everything. Um, but uh, th that's, that's something that's definitely out there, um, but we don't know all the details. So, but we also, understand just generally speaking how most of this is done and so one of the biggest things to understand and realize um, at least one of my key takeaways from this article and just from my knowledge is that a lot of their money and a lot of their wealth is in stock okay it's invested in companies basically um, it could be their own companies it could be other companies uh, that they've invested in, uh, other projects, things like that. So a lot of their wealth is what you would call unrealized 
gains or wealth accumulation. Uh-huh. And what that means is the tax law only taxes you on realized gains. So basically you've earned a dividend, you sold the stock and had a profit. Um, those types of activities are what's going to create that tax impact. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. So even though you have someone who might be worth uh, you know, $300 billion or whatever the case is, um, <laughs> they don't get taxed on all that wealth every year because they haven't actually sold that stock. You know, the majority of what these people are worth is invested in a stock in a, in a sense. And so that's actually one of the things they're stocks trying and, to change. I want to add some, not only stocks, but also uh, real estate. Real estate. Yeah. There's real estate yeah. as well. Same thing, you know, you don't get taxed on that appreciation until you actually sell the real estate. So um, that's the big old debate that's going around right there, right now in Washington about, you know, some of the tax law changes that they're trying to make um, is, should we be taxing accumulated wealth? And should we be taxing uh, when you do a transfer of wealth upon the death of someone? Because right now you can, there's a, a way to transfer quite a bit of your wealth without any tax implications. Yeah, so there's yeah. a pretty big, you know, threshold there. But anyways, I, I, let me let me let the man who actually was involved in the article speak a little and, and rap with you guys a little bit about oh what this was about. You're gonna let me talk? Oh my goodness, <laughs> man! Nation's not. We have a lot of inside jokes. We gotta stop saying on air before we uh, end up end up telling ourselves someday. Uh, but yeah, so first of all, as I mentioned earlier, shout out to Kate Door with uh, shout out also CNBC and shout out to my publicist, Julia Brown, getting me this opportunity to talk about this. Uh, this is a, this topic is controversial. Obviously, you know, I think some of it, quite frankly, is envy that we have in America, uh, in Asia, because, you know, you're right. The uh, as I mentioned, the, the you know, the quote I said, uh, the tax law is not designed for the wage worker. So, this you know, this article we'll talk more about it, but this should be a wake up call for Americans. You know, the exact quote I have it's a shift in thinking, and that uh, you may not get the billions or pay a 3.3 percent tax rate, but you can lower your taxes from say 25 to 20 percent down to 12 to 14 percent with adjustments to how you deploy your money, but every situation is different. So it's critical speaker with a CPA or financial advisor. He added, he has in me, I'm just reading the article. And, uh, you know, some examples are some of these tactics may include borrowing from home equity to buy more real estate or starting a side business and exploring legitimate tax deductions. Of course, not everybody has the means or appetite for these strategies. He said, but Americans may start thinking about how to diversify income beyond their paychecks. I think that 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 should be the biggest takeaway. Ignatius is that um, you know the, the wealthy people. I have wealthy clients now. They're not uh, billionaires from what I know of. Uh, but you know the clients I have with high net worth, they have multiple. They're invested in multiple businesses. And they're typically also involved in real estate because, you know, real estate, there's different types of uh, tax strategies where even though you're collect, you're collect on the, on the books, you're collecting positive 
uh, income, but with the accelerated depreciation, you, depending on how you do and what you do, you could, you know, you could own a, like, let's say a corporate building in Phoenix, downtown Phoenix. Okay. And the building may be worth 20 million and you're collecting, you know, $2 million a year in rent. The profit is 800,000, right? But with the right depreciation strategy, which the IRS does allow, you don't have to pay tax on 800,000. And I think this is also a reflection of a bigger problem, which is that our country as a whole has a lack of financial education. You know, we're a country that we spend more time planning our vacation, you know, of course, and posting about, you know, our vacation. And of course, excuse me, I just posted about my sneakers, by the way. Follow me on uh, Twitter, <laughs> your favorite CPA. But if it's say overall, we spend more time post, you know, posting about our weekend, uh, planning the next vacation, planning the next weekend, then educating ourselves about finances and tax. And I know this because uh, from the various client contact that we get, I mean, nations, you get the same thing. We have clients, we have prospects that want us to do all this work for a hundred dollars, but they'll gladly waste a thousand dollars in a weekend in Vegas. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to Vegas because, you know, I may be there next month. You know, you and I might finally, we might do a remote podcast in Vegas in person with our fellow uh, tax Twitter peers. Stay tuned. We don't know yet if that's going to work out. There's some logistics behind that, but that'd be a fun show. But that's the kind of things that are, are going on. And, you know, I'm looking at these proposed tax raises. The inherited wealth gain I don't agree with that. Once you paid your tax, you paid your tax. And in a capital gains rate, so basically 43.4. Ignatius, I don't know about you, but these tax, some of these tax laws are actually not going to impact the top 1%. They're actually going to hit the middle class. You know, the one that I found really laughable was the, um, they wanted to get rid of uh, 1031 exchanges for single people with a $500,000 gain and above and married a million up. I was like, wow, what a way to kill the real estate industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the potential changes that they're talking about can absolutely be detrimental to some lower income people. So the, the whole thing that they were saying was people that make less than 400000 a year won't pay any increased taxes. Well, <laughs> first of all, that number was, if I'm not mistaken, actually for married people so if you're single really you're gonna be at two hundred thousand and up you gotta pay right. that 40 percent. yeah exactly and so that's one thing and there's a lot of people who still are not married that make well over two hundred thousand a year who are going to get impacted by this and i don't think people realize that because of the way that it was sold um and then this other thing that uh, you have to keep in mind is like what you said like the capital gains rate so capital gains rate will impact people that are below that threshold. Let's say you have a business uh -huh. and that was your primary source of income and you historically don't make anywhere near 400000 a year and you're married. But once you sell your business, you get a big windfall of, let's say, two or three million or even more. Right. Well, now, all of a sudden, for that one year, you are paying a lot more in taxes. So you're it will for impact you. That's, that's the part I don't think people are, are grasping about what they're trying to do. So. Yeah. Well, not only that, but again, you know, the lack of financial education, we have so many people, I think I've read on average as a country, we, 
we overpay taxes by two to three billion dollars. That's why I don't understand this rhetoric. So we've had people like the IRS admit these things and then they still want to raise taxes. And then, you know, what? I'm going to go ahead and say this. So I'm not this is not necessarily an endorsement of these guys. But those of you that say that, well, Jeff Bezos doesn't pay any taxes, man. We need to tax him. Well, you know how he got wealthy? Every time you go to Amazon.com and order something, which includes me, I order stuff from Amazon. I think you do. Why? Because it's affordable. I'm a business professional. I don't have time to go through Walmart. Walmart's like a messy store. Okay. So I go to Walmart, you know, go to Amazon.com. You get free two-day shipping with Prime. You save so much money. But now people are like, well... Now, you know, he shouldn't be that wealthy. Then stop shopping. Yep. And I mean, you, it, you continue to feed his wealth because that's where the majority of it comes from. That's right. It's from Amazon stock um, that he owns and the appreciation of that stock over time. And then remember, so. an another mechanism, too, is that, you know, guys like Bezos and Buffett, uh, Musk, you know, they get paid out of C corporations. They can get most of their compensation you know, since you educate this, I remember we taught this together, the qualified dividend, which you can cap your income tax as at 20%. Most definitely. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's essential um, to understand finances and get yourself educated on what, you know, is the most advantageous way to do things, you know, um, it's just like the Bitcoin phenomenon that's going on right now where people have a lot of uh, profits that are kind of sitting on and they're just waiting to get taxed on it. You know, if they would have planned and strategize ahead of time, there was ways to kind of get around that. Um, but I want to go back to this ProPublica article because yes. I really actually can't stand how they're showing this and displaying this. So, because the oh yeah I, I, I it's driving me nuts when i initially looked at this i'm like this doesn't make any sense and i had to dig into what they're doing here a little bit so here's what they're doing basically so there's a table that they have uh it's it's if you go to this article um I, i'm sure you can you can find it out there it's just publicly available but basically it's a table where it says ultra wealthy by the numbers and what they do is they have Buffett, Bezos, Bloomberg, and Musk on this table. Okay. Um, and what they show is their wealth growth mm -hmm. in one column. So wealth growth, mind you, means their basically net worth, meaning the value of their assets. Assets and investments, yes. And investments that they have, right? Okay. Less any liabilities. All right. So that's what the wealth growth is. All right. Now, how they come up with those estimates is probably mostly through valuing their stock ownership and things like that. Um, but so that's definitely open, open for interpretation because I don't know that they actually know exactly how much their wealth grew. But nevertheless, total income reported is in the next column. OK, so that's their income over a five year time period from 2014 to 2018. Total income reported. Then it talks about total taxes paid. And then it has a column that says true tax rate. Oh. Well, this true tax rate, what they did is they took their taxes paid and divided that by the wealth growth. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. I don't. I, that's that wrong. is just absolutely that's wrong. Totally wrong. And this that's, is. That's, that's not even how you count the effective tax rate. This yeah. is a joke. 
which is why I think that's why they're calling it a true tax rate because they're trying to somehow relegate taxes to the wealth growth, which is crap. All right, you pay taxes based oh, you, on. Oh, you actually said that. Say, say that one more time. Uh, you finally showing emotion. Come on, do it again. What? That is crap. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say that this article is crap. Um, there's some parts of this article that are absolutely crap. Um, true tax rate. So they're trying to say that Warren Buffett's true tax rate is 0.10%. When in reality, his total taxes paid were 23.7 million. So what's the hear, stuff that you hear all the time? Oh, I want to pay no taxes like Bezos and like Buffett. Don't you hear that all the time from your clients? Yes. And I, uh, oh, I give so a, what does I this crap right here tell you? They do pay taxes, okay? $23.7 million worth of taxes was paid. That's a lot of money. His income earned over that period was $125 million. So I did the math. The actual effective tax rate, and I'm assuming that this is taxable income that's in this total income reported number. So if we assume that's taxable income, the actual effective tax rate is 19%. That's actually okay. more realistic. Which seems a little more realistic, exactly. And that's pretty standard. Bezos' effective tax rate, he had total taxes paid of $973 million and earned $4.22 billion, which I'm imagining is mostly from stock grants, is what I yeah. imagine most of that's going to be from. Okay, because he gets a ton of stock grants, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's, he's got the long-term capital. Yeah, he's yeah. got those NSOs. Yeah, so he's going to have a long-term yeah. capital gains. So... But if you look at that, and again, th- some of this is assumptions because we haven't seen the actual tax returns, people. So please bear that in mind. But on this article, they're saying his true tax rate, which is crap, again, is 0.98%. Boo. Well, if you calculate his actual effective tax rate based on these numbers, it's actually 23%. So, bam, he's paying taxes, okay? Elon Musk shows $455 million in taxes paid. Total income reported 1.52 billion. They're showing his tax rate, true tax rate of 3.27%. Again, crap. His actual effective tax rate is 30%. Oh. Okay. Elon, you're you're overpaying Elon. Elon. Yeah, he's overpaying compared to these other <laughs> these others. Yeah. Hey, hey, Elon, give us a call. Oh. You're you're hustling backwards, man. Your account is so. not good. So, yeah, so, and that's what I think I wanted to drive home more than anything is, and I hope people realize this because I, I get so many complaints, like, I don't want to pay any taxes. When when I explain to them that their tax rate, their effective tax rate is only like 15 or 20%, I'm like, that's a really good effective tax rate. What are you talking about? You're getting oh, I don't want to pay- 80 cents for every dollar you make. That's Yeah. And by the way, you know, that's the federal rate now. Musk used to live in California, so you know he paid- a ton oh, yeah. of California because that's why he's living out here in Austin now. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, now Bezos lives in Washington, so they don't have state tax. Uh, Buffett probably pays some in Nebraska. Plus, you know, these guys are also paying taxes to their business. Think about all the payroll taxes for money they generate for their business, how much in payroll taxes. You know, that's why I say you, you're mad at Jay Bezos, but yet you're, you and your community are willing to give Bezos incentives to build buildings to hire people so that uh your town is not having all this lawlessness like in portland oregon right sorry portland i gotta tell the truth on you lawlessness oh my goodness lawlessness 
Oh. Not law and order. Did lawless. Did you see that video where someone uh, went into a Walgreens with the, with a bike, mm-hmm. with a trash bag, filled the trash bag up, and just rode the bike right out with the trash bag full of merchandise? Was that in Portland? No, that was in San Francisco, actually. Uh, okay, same thing. Frisco. It's the same uh, issue. San Francisco and Portland are very similar in, in, yeah. in terms of how they view things. So. I mean, I, I, hey, listen, it's pretty bad when we can say L, even L.A. would blush at that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's uh, anyways. Yeah, um, if you did, by the way, if you did that in Texas, I'll shoot you. That's why. <laughs> exactly. So somebody, it, w- it may not even be someone from the store. It might be some bystander. Some bystander with the open carry. You do it and they're like, what the? What are you doing, man? Why are you stealing this stuff? Bang, bang. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Hey, shout, hey, shout out to my friend, Laurelyn Wilson. She lives in Portland holding it down. Hey, Laurelyn, stay safe out there. Keep doing your thing. And we miss your uh, TikTok videos. You, please put them back. So I just hope that, you know, people understand and realize that the, the wealthy do still pay some taxes. Okay. Of course. Um, what, what they're trying to go after is their accumulated wealth that they've accumulated over the years from making smart investments. But that's something that we all should be doing. We all should be uh, making smart investments and we all should be investing in ourselves and our future. We shouldn't be penalizing them because they actually did what we should all be doing instead of just spending all their money on foolish things. Um, you know, actually investing in yourself. Hashtag pay yourself first. I, we've talked about that before. I love that uh, campaign, by the way, that you're doing yeah. there. But no, absolutely. Um, I agree. Because what I don't understand is, all right, first of all, I don't like Elizabeth Warren because she lied about ethnicity to get a scholarship, which actually should be a federal crime. But because she's not really Native American, she got away with it. Yes, I did say that. And it's true. Imagine if I lied about my ethnicity and got a scholarship. I'd be behind bars. But this lady is the one that's been talking about we need to tax the accumulated wealth. And yet, you know, let's see. You know what? Give me a minute. Let's see her net worth. Oh, listen. Okay. So check this out. According to a Forbes article 2019, she has a 12 million. So her net worth is anywhere between eight to $12 million. No wonder she said, you notice that she proposed that the accumulated wealth be at 30 million and up. Hmm. I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Uh, she she made sure it wasn't at 15 or 10. Why not 10 million, Elizabeth? Wink, wink. And Elizabeth, I thought you were a public servant, but you have a net worth of 12 million dollars through being a uh, longtime law professors. And you're a politician. Now, I love professors, but professors don't make that kind of money. You always seem to have the the real estate deals at the right time, Miss Warren. And yet you want to accumulate wealth and then have everybody else pay for your lifestyle. That's asset nine, asset 10, asset 11, whatever. <laughs> We're not, you know, Americans not here to subsidize your lifestyle. You're a wealthy person and you want to tax fellow wealthy people, but then you won't pay it. But you want Jeff Bezos, who, by the way, and again, I'm not here to say defend him. But what most people don't realize about these entrepreneurs, 
Bezos was broke for like 25, 30 years. He started his business in his garage in Seattle and had nothing for a long time. If, if, and if I recall, you know, someone can tweet at me, correct me. Amazon was broke for, uh, didn't make money for 10 or 20 years. And yet we went to tax these people. But during that time, they reinvested the business. They hired people. They employed people. They helped uh, build, keep economies open. So again, you don't have lawlessness like Portland, Oregon or San Francisco. And then you want to tax them, but yet you're willing to buy their goods and services. You demand they hire people all the time. Make up your mind, America. What is it that you really want? What is this with this envy that we have over success? What is it? Because this, because this, this, these, these policies. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay to go to the other extreme because look, some of the, the tax law we have right now, as a practitioner, I have to be honest, it does slant to the wealthy a little too much. But it seems like our country now, we either want little taxation or excess taxation. And if you do the excess taxation, we'll become like Europe. Do you want that, America? Is that what you really want? I know. It's a great question. We shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Another way that you can, that you mentioned in your article, I think, as well, is if you're, if a lot of your income or a lot of your investments are coming from stock and you could actually use, you know, the, the value of that portfolio to get some debt to do more investing. And so there's, there's some people who are using that investment interest, right. To go out there and make even more money. And that investment interest is uh, typically going to be uh, tax deductible on your taxes as well. Um, and so that's definitely another way that, you know, it, again, it, when it comes to paying less taxes, a lot of it has to do with what you're doing with your money. Okay. Uh, correct. And that's, that's all that it comes down to. Right. And, and there, there's just no other way around it. Are you, you know, using a business? Are you investing it wisely? Are you, you know, utilizing retirement accounts to your advantage? There's a lot of different ways that you can make money. You know, get investing in stocks that pay some dividends is another beneficial thing because, again, if it's qualified dividend, which virtually all dividends from C corporations are qualified dividends, as long as you um, own it for more than a year, yeah, yeah, then you get that. Uh, I think it's actually only sixty days, isn't it? Um, if I recall correctly. So as long as you have the investment for sixty days, I think you qualify for the qualified dividends. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, either way. Um, so yeah, if you if you get that qualified dividend, you're paying that lower rate. It helps to reduce your tax bill. Okay. And I know Buffett is huge on dividends, so he's invested in, I think, Apple really early on, and Apple mm-hmm. has consistently been paying dividends. Now yeah. their current yield, and this is what a lot of people don't understand or get as well, the current yield based on the value of the stock. Is pretty low. It's only like 2% per year. But if you had bought the stock 10, 15 years ago, when it was only however much in value, I, I don't know what it was off the top of my head, you got it at a time where your basis is so low that you're actually probably yielding, I don't know, 15 to 20%, maybe even more, because the, the stock has continued to appreciate and the dividends have just kept coming. For every share, man, I wish so, I, man, I wish yeah. I'd spent like five hundred dollars on Apple stock in college. Dang, 
You know, I'm telling you, man. Shoot, you might be a millionaire by now. I know. <laughs> you know, and the th- thing we had no idea when they made that iPod what what the rest of the company was going to look like because that company, you know, again, Steve Jobs, he, he, you know, guys like him, you know, he was fired at he was fired by Apple at one time. In fact, when they acquired Pixar, they they uh, brought him back. He had failed. A lot of our wealthy people from the entrepreneurial aspect, not the second generation wealth, are people that are wealthy because they were willing to fail big. They failed big and they rebounded. And that's part that's supposed to be part of the American dream. And now it seems like this that we want to take that away when there are better ways of there's some other ways they should be taxing. I think you could you know, for instance, maybe have a small national sales tax so that when everybody buys some, you pay a little tax. You can also, if you want to go at these people, then maybe you you you, you have a small tax. Uh, I guess maybe we call a, I guess like a carry tax on some of the real estate. A very small one that's reasonable. You'd be able to raise so much more money than this kind of stuff. Where again, the, the 1% and just what I'm just going to be honest. Some of us in the industry are hoping and praying that this administration does this because we'll get more calls from people that may not be, you know, billionaires, but there are a lot more millionaires, particularly in Austin, Phoenix, San Diego, South Florida, where these tech companies are paying them in RSUs, where now they're making one and a half, two million dollars a year. These kind of things, we'd have more work to know what to do with. So please do it. Please, please. And I'd like for this administration to stay in office for 12 years because 12 years now I can retire and still not pay the high tax either since I know what I'm doing. I went up and pulled the Apple stock price. And yes. so so here's here's the numbers. Over five-year period, the stock price was at the beginning of the five-year period, and this is from Google Finance, $23.35 per share. Now, Apple has done a couple of stock splits So, but they adjust these historical numbers to reflect the stock splits, okay? Uh-huh. But let's just assume that it was $23.35 five years ago, okay? It's now worth $131 per share, or $132 <sighs> per share. So Dang. that's a 92.8% average annual return on that investment, just in appreciation. Add to that the dividends that they've been paying over that time period. There's no telling. Hmm. You probably now, had almost Ignatius, 100% return on average. Now, Nacious, why is Apple stock appreciating? Because they're killing the game. I don't know. <laughs> they have the a lot of great products, a lot of oh, services. Right, right. And, 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 okay, so, 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 so wait, wait, wait. got wait, people wait. that are, that believe in it and continue to right. buy products and spend right. money and, because I'm else. talking to you through an Apple computer, uh, <laughs> MacBook here. I got a Magic Keyboard, trackpad, uh, too many iPhones to count. <laughs> More Apple computers at home. Um, you, you know, it's amazing. Again, so you all the people, the reason why Apple's making money. You all are complaining and tweet these things through your iPhone. Oops. Your iPad. Yeah. Oops, your Mac mini, or like me, I ordered a new iMac. You all get mad at them like, oh, I am anti-capitalist, but yet you're buying Apple product and 
you bank with big banks because they provide the financial security. Yeah, shout out to Chase for the fraud protection, by the way. Just just for uh, you know fun, I put up Amazon stock. Ooh. So now Amazon has not done a stock split, as far as I know. You haven't heard about Amazon ever doing a stock split. No, but I don't keep so, up with stocks that closely, though. Yeah, I don't think I haven't heard of Amazon doing a stock split, which is why I think their stock is so pricey. It's like thirty five hundred dollars a share rounding. Ouch. So uh, five years ago, their stock was worth six hundred and ninety eight dollars, six hundred ninety nine dollars. I'll just round. OK, mm -hmm. per share. It's now worth, like I said, thirty four eighty nine per share. Okay. That's a big return. All right. So that's an average annual return of 80%. Now, Amazon does not pay dividends. So they historically have not paid dividends because they historically haven't been profitable. But nevertheless, nice. their stock still went up on average 80% per year. So th this is what I this is what we mean when we say, where do you put your money towards? What are you putting your money uh, into? Because if you had invested in some of these stocks five years ago, look at these returns that you would have gotten. Okay. And you didn't even have to do individual stocks. You could have just done an ETF or a mutual index, fund. Index fund like Buffett. Yeah. You'd easily be making 10 to 15% per year on average the last uh, five years. And so it, it's just crazy. And so that's what you got to do and hold on to stuff. You know, when you do the day trading and you're constantly selling and buying and stuff like that in taxable accounts, you're going to get hit with taxes, you know, if you, if you have some profits. So anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, there's nothing more for me to say. Nothing else on the topic that you have to say. Uh, well, uh, why wealthy Americans pay so little. They, okay. They, they pay more of that. And also again, they're also willing oh, to. Specious. I think they pay quite a bit. Thank you. Very much. Well, they, they pay quite a bit, but you know, the other thing too, to that they're also very uh philanthropic uh, i philanthropic i sorry i can't pronounce that they're very charitable how's that that's better <laughs> it's amazing like how many people i know say they're very charitable then you get to the guts of it they only give like 300 bucks a year you know we just saw mckenzie uh bezos ex-wife give 40 million dollars to cal state fullerton now you think it was all for the benefit of the heart no some of it's a tax deduction but they're still willing to part with 40 million dollars and you know especially right now this pandemic a lot of charitable organizations with a church mosque um other not-for-profits in the community could use that in fact did you know like last year if, if you made a uh, a charitable donation if you weren't able to itemize, they gave you an extra $300 deduction off the top. So you yep. could have donated like $100 and could have gotten all $300. But, you know, these people are also very charitable as well. And I've I've helped set uh, a wealthy person set up a, a charitable entity which deducted their taxes by 50%. And it really benefited the organization. And so... Again, some of this is uh, Americans. This some of this is your fault. It's your fault because you're willing to spend money on frivolous things instead of getting an education, spending a few dollars a year with a certified public accountant to get an understanding. But you call us wanting free advice. No, we don't do that. You don't no. work for free at your job, but you want me to work for you for free. I help me out. Understand that most Americans 
can't afford, they just choose not to, hear me out, could afford to spend a thousand to two thousand dollars a year in tax advice and come out way ahead because I can find with most people making fifty thousand to three hundred thousand, I could probably find five thousand dollars a year or more that they waste. Yeah, if you took just a little bit of that money that you waste, and look, we all need to have our fun money, okay? Even Dave Ramsey talks about the blow money. I know you don't, you're not a big fan of Dave. But Dave talk, even Dave talks about the blow money. You take some of that blow money and invest in yourself, you just might make even more money. Hey, okay. Now, I, to be fair, I didn't say that I don't like everything that Dave says. You've uh, called but, him out in a video. I've seen it. Stop yes. it. I called him out only in the sense of uh, I don't agree with paying off all your debt. For, that's true in it like like your mortgage for your house and right there is such a good thing as good debt is the reason why i called him out there's a lot of things that he talks about that are good though i agree don't you know having credit card debt is a bad thing you should do what you can to pay that off as soon as possible uh, uh, but, but, that, but that's there's a lot of compound interest very very essential so right. there's some parts that i think we're on the yeah, the, consu- the consumer debt you want to get rid of because it, it hurts your ability to bar- to leverage money for profitable things. Now, I like Dave's advice, but based on articles I've read, I wouldn't want to work for the guy. <laughs> you so, had to take so, it there, so, huh? Okay. Sorry, Chris Hogan. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Okay. So, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm that. talking about, guys, ladies and gentlemen, go Google that and you'll be entertained. I had something that I was going to bring up. Oh, so let me ask you this, since you were talking about fees, how much do you think these guys pay in uh, accounting fees each year to help them with their taxes? Mm. Mm. Okay, so if you want to be honest, probably in the low end at least half a million dollars on the low end. And on the high end, if people like Musk are making five, four, five hundred million to a billion, their price, I think low end half a million. But the high end, probably about five to seven million a year. In fees, hmm. Trump was paying that much. He's not, and he's not as rich as those guys. True. Listen, uh, I, I have listen, listen. I'll give you an example. The reason why I know the, these numbers, I have a colleague. I'm not going to say his name because I want to tell all his business. Who's working on a transaction that could save somebody? a hundred million dollars on a asset sale the fee the 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 tax savings 100 million the fee for that is about three to four million dollars okay so now that's just one guy and this is a one-time event some of these people we named they have these kind of liquidity events every year of some sort yep so is it surprising that they're paying seven, five to seven million dollars a year? They can ride it off through their business, and they're getting, yep. you know, some of them are getting the best advice in the world, some of them are not. But you know, I've done right. a tax strategy where I got paid a hundred thousand dollars once. Oh, excuse me, the firm did, and that was, <laughs> and that was to do, set up a, a captive insurance that saved my client quite a bit on taxes. Uh, and it was all, but it was the tax savings through insurance, through risk mitigation. You can't do a captive based on uh, tax alone. That the IRS will shut that down. But you have to do the risk assessment. 
And so these are the kinds of things these guys are doing. So I, you know, they're spending real money. But relative, but relative to what they're making, it's minuscule. And that's what I'm saying. Like yep. that's what I was trying to say in this in that article. You don't have to be a billionaire now. You don't need to spend. Most of y'all don't need to spend a hundred thousand dollars, but you could spend one to two thousand dollars, maybe as low as five hundred, depending on your market, a year. Mm-hmm. Great tax advice and do some great tax planning, and you'll be able to cut your tax down from twenty eight, twenty five percent down to twelve to fourteen. That's two, you know, that two thousand. Yep. And when you spend money with your accountant like that, whether you're Bezos or Musk. You know, you're spending, you know, they spend five to seven million dollars. They're saving 50 million dollars a year or more. So that ROI is above three. Absolutely. For most Americans, if you spend 1500, 2000 a year with the right tax strategy, you can get an ROI of 10 or more. You're getting the same ROI as them. But again, you want to spend your money for a frivolous thing, then you get upset. Well, that's not, that's not your, that's not their problem. And that's your problem. Part of it yep. is your priorities. We, you know, I once heard a pastor say this at a church in Chicago. If you give me your checkbook, I know what you prioritize. I mean, <laughs> of course, we, that was back when people used checkbooks. So today, if you give me your banks, your personal bank statement, I know what you prioritize. Yep. Exactly. You can tell very easily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, yeah you, it's a mind shift. It's going to take a mind shift, you know, and, we touched on this a little bit on the last podcast, um, you know, in terms of equity and and wealth, uh, and you know, having more diversity in that. And really, it's a mind shift. I mean, you, you got to start thinking about what it is that you're doing. To once you do pay taxes on your income, what are you doing with that money to ensure that you are paying as little as possible in the future by investing it wisely and putting it to good use versus just going out there and um you know buying these things like cars and houses that you live in and spending too much on those and there's a lot of different ways to kind of think about that so so hopefully you know you know this was a little bit enlightening for everybody um you know uh, it was a great article by uh our co-host eric pierre here thank you so uh cnbc Maybe next time they'll give you some airtime on the air. That'd be really nice for you. Yeah. Hey, so. listen, we've been, look, we've been working to get on, you know, Squawk Box, whatever show, and they, they won't let me on, but they've let some of my other colleagues on. And, you know, and I actually have hosting experience, you know, shout out Ty Hines, the neighborhood SoCal. If you're in San Diego, uh, Southern California, watch that program every Sunday. I used to co host that program. Um, so I've actually been on real television, done real hosting and they won't, they, 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 they can't handle me. I think the problem is there's intimidated by my intelligence and, you know, if I'm better looking than the, than the male host on Squawk Box, that's a problem for them. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually saw recently that they had, um, a CPA on the air. Um, I want to say it was during black history month actually. Yeah, they did. Where they had a black CPA that was on the air. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was someone from New York, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, she was from remember. New York. She was talking about the multi multi income tax because you know there are a lot of people that were working in New York, but then now they're working from home, Connecticut, and but the company is based in New York, and they're so that's what they were talking about. Um, you know, so but 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 I have been on uh, Yahoo Finance to talk crypto. I, I was on the broadcast. 
Shout out to Yahoo Finance. I was yep. on a live stream. You can see the video. I mean, you know, I, I I was in Houston and, you know, everybody kept talking about the picture behind my head. I was in my attorney's office in Houston. Everybody talks about the picture behind my head and not the actual content, man. And I was just spitting. I was spitting tax facts. Mm-hmm. But everybody mm-hmm. talked about that. So I just, <laughs> but we're just trying to get on the broadcast TV, but I've been on uh, television before. But not the major uh, networks. That's the one yeah. piece that, you know, I've been on Forbes eight times, CNBC three times, been on Bloomberg Tax. I've been on various podcasts. I've been on radio. We just haven't gotten the, the squawk box. So if anybody listening, please allow me to go on. I can help. I can help juice your ratings up big time. Well, all righty. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully everybody enjoyed the episode. Anything else you want to say or? Yeah, yeah. I'd say, hey, hey, guys, we're working on some uh, some more guests this week. We didn't have a guest, but in the next couple of weeks, we should be talking about uh, athletics and uh, real estate investing. So, uh, especially right now, since people out there buying real estate and the real estate market's really uh, getting heated, we're gonna have an expert talk about that in the next few weeks. So, stay tuned. Uh, the guests did agree to come on. Now we gotta schedule it. So we will talk about that. And then we have a very special guest talking about pro sports. Can't give that away yet. But uh, my man Ignatius uh, secured that guest. You know, listen to us, like us, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and give us a five-star rating. Or I might think you're a hater. All right, everybody. Hope you have a good one. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to CPA Huddle. Add us to your listening rotation by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Follow CPA Huddle across all social media platforms. And for more information about the services provided by our firms, check us out at www.iljcpa.com or www.pierreaccounting.com. We will be back to huddle up soon.